G'day. I've saved a spot for you, but you have to act quick. You see, doors are closing to this current enrollment of my online video strategy blueprint course on Thursday, the 24th of September, 2020. And if it's right for you, I want you to join. If you're a video producer ready to rise up as a video strategist to help your clients achieve better results with the videos that you create, then the online video strategy blueprint is ideal for you. Imagine if businesses were coming to you not only for the quality of work that you create, but for the results they know that you'll get for their business. Imagine being able to take control of the conversation with a prospective client right from the start to guide them to be making the right videos for the right purpose and to help them use video in the right way online. Imagine being able to confidently position your video business as a video strategy agency and to build long-term clients based on delivery of video marketing solutions rather than just creative, leading to long-term client relationships, higher project values, and potential for retainer clients who come back for new strategic video content again and again and again. Imagine building new sustainable revenue streams for your business right now in the time of coronavirus by helping your clients achieve success without relying on your ability to actually shoot great video. The online video strategy blueprint course does just this and it breaks down my complete framework for working with clients to develop an effective online video strategy for their brand. But enrollment closes this coming Thursday, the 24th of September, 2020. My friend, it's time for you to rise up as a video strategist. Go to onlinevideostrategyblueprint.com to learn more right now. I'll be there waiting for you on the inside. So go to onlinevideostrategyblueprint.com. All right, let's get on with the episode. Well, first of all, what you've just described is people living in an unconscious environment or unconscious behavior and realizing that sucks on camera. You know, I've got a a saying that I constantly repeat in our on-camera training, and that is, your brain lies to you, the camera doesn't. The number one thing that people don't understand is they, they stand on the mark, they, they have the lights and the, the mic and the camera and the teleprompter in front of them, and the first thing that suffers is their inability to, to at least just have one basic function, and that is smile. Why is it that as a leader in business, we don't have any issues talking to clients or prospects face-to-face, engaging in sales conversations or networking or educating or sharing information with people in a room or in a classroom or in a small group situation. But when we turn a video camera on, we get awkward. Things get weird. And quite often, it's something that is massively feared by so many people, the simple act of being on camera. And when we add to this that in 2020, in this post-pandemic world that we find ourselves in, the way that we need to do business has changed. We need to be on camera, whether it be a Zoom call or a Skype call or remote selling or communicating and meeting with our clients through video chat. In fact, I want you to pause a moment and ask yourself, how much more often have you been on camera in 2020 so far than ever before. 
In this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, I'm excited to bring a guest who has been spending a lot of time in his video business, helping his clients understand how to transfer the skill set that we've mastered as business leaders in person into the world of on-camera confidence. So let's roll the intro and get on with the episode. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day guys, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing and welcome back. This is episode 163 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Now, before I rolled the intro, I gave you a pretty detailed understanding of where we're going to go in this episode. My guest today is Chris Schwager, an inbound video marketing specialist at Ridge Films and a frequent speaker at industry events. Since 2002, Chris has advised leading corporate organizations, government and small businesses to maximize their video marketing potential. He started as a video director over 20 years ago, broadening to feature films and video presenting. His latest viral video on swim survival reached 4 million Facebook fans in the first year. So as I mentioned, in this episode, I'm going to be picking Chris's brain about how we can help our clients or be more confident on camera or how we can show up more confidently on camera as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the shift that businesses have made in 2020 towards needing to do more business via video conference and via online tools. And where are people struggling with this? It's not as easy as doing business face-to-face. I think that you'll agree with me. And we really explore this concept further. And Chris also shares some pretty important but actually very simple tips to help you conduct your next Zoom session or video call or even record your next video for social media or for internal communications more confidently on camera. So without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Chris Schwager from Ridge Films. Chris Schwager, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Listen, I've seen you popping up in various places over the last couple of years, to be honest, um, particularly in LinkedIn, but also just in the world of video marketing around Australia. And you're doing some great stuff. So I, I had to have you on the show and I'm looking forward to our conversation. But, but for people that haven't come across you before or seen you in various places, tell us who is Chris and what do you do? Do you want the one minute version or the three minute version? I'll give me the one and a half minute version, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look, youngest of eight children, grew up in an affluent family in the southern region of the Sutherland Shire, very um, Christian Catholic family with good morals and values with an undertone of with an undertone of bullying and and racism I found over the years. Um, the being the youngest of eight had made me very uh, made attention, getting attention early, very important, um, particularly the attention of my parents who were preoccupied with seven other children. Um, 
And so that was always part of my life. I was introduced to video very early. VHS tape was one of the ways that I consumed video and it was entertainment. It was watching movies. It was watching long form content. I didn't have aspirations to be a video marketer at age five, but I followed what was very convenient for me, what I like to do. I wasn't uh, much of an academic and I started to fall out in, in academia and really follow what I felt was the right thing to do. I read Napoleon Hill's uh, Think and Grow Rich. That changed my opinion about, about education, about the, where I was positioned in the world at about eight, eight, age 18 in my final year of school, where I produced a year 12 high school video and it was the start of my entrepreneurial career. And from there, it was short films, feature films and learning out of a system, out of a education system that probably could have been pretty good to me, but I was prepared to take the the risk, take the journey because I was following people like Francis Ford Coppola and you know Zemeckis and and all these wonderful directors, and I fell in love with the journey. I fell in love. I was passionate about the journey. I was incredibly passionate about their journey, and yet I needed to go through the trenches in order to have some kind of a story to tell at the end. So. It was a rocky. It was a rocky start, if you like. Um, but by two thousand and two, I had uh, started Ridge Films, and it was purely trying to find out whether it was going to be entertainment, short films, feature films, or corporate videos was going to be the direction. And what I did is just went into. We just started to really buckle down and, and find what was going to be a paid audience, and there was no guarantee of that in in theatre and in cinema, and so we, for that reason, invested all of our energy into into the world of corporate videos and and video marketing. That's that got me to there. Very good. I think that was probably a little bit more like two minutes, Chris, but no, I appreciate the story, my friend. That was, um, I'm interested to explore and put, just pull you back on. You mentioned there, uh, you know, high school, a high school film project that kind of kicked off your entre entrepreneurial journey. What was that moment like of, of producing your first pieces of video content, whether it was that high school video or whatever it was, that first piece of video content that you started to think to yourself, you know, this is something that I want to explore further. Take us back there. Yeah, look, I, I didn't like the regime of school, quite frankly. The, you know, if we look at what the root cause was, it was the problem was I was bored and I needed an outlet. And that outlet was music. I played, you know, piano by ear. I was kind of into the arts and video. And it was just so, I mean, back in the VHS days, it was like prehistoric about, you know, how you would assemble and construct any kind of video, right? So it was, um, it was very manual labor, hands-on. You had to be, you had to make decisions about what the next cut was going to be. So from the perspective of you know, using that as a foundational layer for where I am today, I think it was incredibly valuable. Um, but um, it was in, it was wonderfully rewarding when I ended up with a you know a thirty minute high school video of just all the best shit, quite frankly, of of Year Twelve. It was just a fun thing to do, and um, and I the, the the cherry on the on the cake was that I had actually, without really knowing it, started my entrepreneurial career at that point because I, you know, labeled them up, I marketed it, I, I had sold them and, you know, um, got them out there. And so that was the first uh, time I realized that maybe 
uh, a business doing this might be the logical next step. And then as I left school, I was getting into more creative stuff, so investigating and exploring the world of short films, you know. And then there was a whole new level of passion that came out of that because I think there, there, was, there was script and there was message and there was story associated with that. And, and I think that, that changed the game again and, and there was this new skill set I had to kind of uh, understand. Um, and I think where, where it all kind of um, got quite interesting was when I realised that the stories I was telling, not everybody really cared that much about as as I did. And I started to really see that theme in others that had gone through the creative, you know, deciding to mortgage their house to go and create feature films. The same kind of thing was happening. They were falling in love with the opportunity of fame or the opportunity of being able to finally tell their story without fully understanding whether there was actually an audience there to consume it. And so for that reason, I buckled down into video marketing because I knew that there was going to be a paid audience who was going to watch and, they were, and we were going to, you know, reap the rewards of our, of our, of our efforts. Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. I'm really interested to explore that transition because it's a very similar story to my own and something I've shared quite a bit here on this podcast and, and also share this story with a number of listeners and another number of other video producers that I've, that I've met over the years where we're, we're battling businesses doing video for video's sake, where they're creating content for purely the creativity or for what they feel that they need to be saying without really pulling it back first to a strategic approach of who do they need to actually speak to and what do those people want to hear from them, right, knowing your audience. So you, you've, you've talked about that, noticing that shift and, you know, how has that changed the way that you approach things at Ridge Films now? Well, well f- for starters, I think you're, you're absolutely bang on. That video for video's sake kind of phrase, it still happens now. So in mm-hmm. 20 years of business, that inquiry still exists. That type of lack of understanding uh, still exists. And, and people often try and communicate in a language they think fits us. And what we realized about five or six years ago was that majority of our customers did not, weren't able to formulate a brief. They weren't able to actually put anything down uh, that was presentable to why they actually needed video in the first place. So we needed to make it our responsibility to make sure that we built that brief pretty much for every single client that we were bringing on. And then that gave good clarity around how to then put a proposal together and take it downstream through creative and all that. So there is a huge undertaking of getting this Australian market, particularly now in a COVID world, to understand some of the basics and also what's coming, you know, like it's, it's, it's off the charts, you know, um, you know, we've got uh, a, a synchronous video in the last six months up 86%. We've got pre-recorded content up 55%. Um, there is just loads of content being made and, and the quality you know, is questionable. Um, we surveyed uh, six over the last six months um, people on whether they think that the way that people present themselves within Zoom calls and synchronous style video is as good as it could be. And 84% of them came back and said, no way, it isn't. It, it, it isn't. So 
this year is like I I've said this the second time today. This year is like our training. Yeah, it's our training for what's going to come next year. Uh, more clarity around how to do virtual events and pre-recorded video for that. More understanding about how to improve and differentiate in the synchronous space of video calls, the videos and emails. It's going to be a lot of exciting things to come, and it's not all centered around professional video marketing. This is often going to be the way that people communicate in this new world to be able to get them in front of the people that they ordinarily were once in front of, but now these these guys don't want to talk to them anymore. They need to be finding new ways, new and creative ways to get in front and to be valuable in the way that they communicate via video. Yeah, absolutely. So let's explore that idea further because I think for everyone listening, they recognize the shift that's happened thanks to coronavirus, but also this shift has been happening in various ways and probably slower than it was that it has now um, as a result of the pandemic, the way that people are using video, not just in in marketing and advertising and campaigns, but all the way through communication and the way we're doing business, well, the way we're living life, right? So, you know, I'm having Zoom calls with my, my grandmother, you know, so the way we're living life is changing and has been changing. It's been sped up now. So let's talk about where do people really struggle with this though? Because you talked about the quality of these types of video messages, these video calls is probably not where it could be. Is that where it, is that as far as it goes or where are people struggling? What are the barriers that people are having to overcome as we move in to doing business this way? Well, I've, with my assistants being able to formulate a little list here of things out of the, the survey that we had and I'll just go off, I'll rattle off about half a dozen here, switching, being on a video call, a sales call, where the recipient has not switched on their camera. Um, yeah. Background noise, angle, workspace and background lighting, um, wardrobe, internet speed, confidence in front of the camera, lack of preparation, lack of effort, low engagement. All these things are, you know, the kind of uh, the, the, the pain points that we're, that the average person is experiencing now. So whilst the time improvements and efficiency improvements in some cases for people going into this synchronous video call, not leaving their office, not leaving their home sort of space, it's uh, also inherited some new challenges that within you know this year and next year, I think they've really got to start considering. And I say this hand on heart because I believe that the better that they start doing these things, the better cut through that they're going to have. You know, if they're using video really cleverly and using it in a way that is helpful and useful and reminding themselves that this is not about just producing the video, this is about the recipient at the other end and what they feel as a result of watching you and whether they've acted quicker, they've moved to the decision quicker, they've signed up, they've bought, whatever it might be. I think once people start to see that video really works effectively in that, in that way, that they'll start to take it more seriously and start to adopt new practices in a video marketing you know, live broadcast sort of environment and, and uh, get uh, start to, you know, really um, take it on as a, as a new skill set and build that media channel that they've probably been wanted to do for many, many years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think just on that as well, I, I, going back to your original question, the, the number one pain point, I believe, for people either in a professional or a non-professional uh, sense in terms of in terms of what has been the, the number one pain point, I believe that it is still presenting on camera. Mm. It's just 
inheriting some basic skills that are going to improve their confidence, improve their um, ability to connect with people without that constant, those constant self barriers that are stopping them from, from, from getting those skills efficiently. Like there's been so many stories I've heard of people spending, you know, eight hours to produce a 45 second video or whatever, and it sucks at the end. So they're not understanding that there are, by having outsourced help, by having guidance from somebody, not you, not your wife, (laughs) can actually really help guide you and improve very, very quickly and get you to where you need to go. I don't believe that the trial and error thing for people, for instance, reading from teleprompter and reading scripts and trying to connect with their audience is necessarily the right way to go. I think, you know, having some guidance, I don't know anybody that doesn't benefit from having outside help um, to really just expedite that whole process and getting them into this space quicker. It's an interesting thing, isn't it, that people – People tend not to second guess how they're presenting themselves face to face. You know, if you if you're a professional, you're in a sales meeting or networking event. I mean, yes, we put consideration to it. Maybe we consider what we're wearing. You know, how we're presenting ourselves, but we don't tend to beat ourselves up or overthink it. I mean, it's something obviously that we've done all our lives, right? But simply taking that same concept and doing it on camera completely flips the way that people think about that. So people freeze up and they overthink things or they um, over-rehearse or overproduce, or their monkey mind starts kicking in and you know, all these kind of things happen. So how can people overcome this? You know, I know you've had a lot of experience helping people with video confidence on camera. So share some tips with us. Well, first of all, what you've just described is people living in an unconscious environment or unconscious behavior and realizing that sucks on camera. You know, mm. I've got a, a saying that I constantly repeat in our on-camera training, and that is, your brain lies to you, the camera doesn't. You know, when I'm trying to tell people that, you know, 80% of their body language the way that they communicate is through body language alone, that the importance of smiling and force smiling on camera is going to be the quickest way to, to get past that hurdle and get onto what's more important, you know, and that is communicating that message and getting clarity and diction and, and making sure that the message is, is uh, on, on the mark. But, yeah, like the number one thing that people – don't understand is they they stand on the mark they they have the lights and the the mic and the camera and the teleprompter in front of them and the first thing that suffers is their inability to to at least just have one basic function and that is smile smile wow what a long way it goes and they realize very very quickly because on camera training for us it's a very practical exercise they're in the studio they go through the process it's not it's not, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, a lot of chit chat. It's like lots of let's record, let's watch it back, let's record, let's watch it back. And I'm going to give you everything I've got in terms of skills and tools in the next 90 minutes to help you get to where you need to go. And what, what it does, why it's so important in advance of filming videos is because people get to 
effectively rehearse, but they also get to overcome some limiting beliefs and some phobias that they may have. The majority of people do have these phobias. Oh, I can't talk, I stutter, I can't read properly, I don't look right. And we work all that out in the 90 minutes so that when it comes time to filming, all we're doing is putting some makeup on, fluffing up their hair or whatever, and picking up from where we left off. And all of these things that, all of these unknowns that we've been able to work out in the on-camera training are wiped out and now it's about connection. Now it's about making sure that they are delivering with the right amount of empathy or tone or whatever um, to, to make sure that they um, hit the mark. But that idea that they're, they're going to, you know, spend 60 minutes recording their, their video and still going through the trenches of, of this self-doubt and not knowing whether it's going to work, that's, that's all behind them. And so, um, so I think that's, that's a, it's such a valuable asset. We've, we've been doing it for many, many years and it's part of all of our products. So you buy a video, that's what you get as part of it. What would you say to that, that person that always hates the way they look on camera or the way that their voice sounds? And, you know, it's a common thing that people uh, fear and they're also very self-critical and self-judgmental of how they come across. And maybe they will even push themselves to record a video and then they'll watch it back and they'll be like, no, nah, not using it terrible i'm awful and everyone around them is saying no you're fine it's great you, you know it's don't be so have you come across this before oh the market doesn't give a shit yes. how you look and sound quite frankly you give a shit yeah. but I, th I think that that's that's re it's really important um that there has been plenty of uh buyer remorse that still leaving the studio going, oh, my God, I don't know. But, you know, they're, they're watching it back. I get to a point where I make a make a very strong point when, when we're filming saying, you've watched this back now. I am ready to sign off on that take. Are you? And they're kind of like looking at me and I said, you got to realise, I'm not coming in here to reshoot this. Are you all in on this take? You know, and, and they – they commit to it and, you know, the realisation and, and I suppose what's nice about the on-camera training for this reason as well is you try and understand, you try and get them to understand that this is not all about them, you know. If they actually go back to why they're producing video in the first place, it's to simplify, improve their engagement, articulate something that's pretty difficult, get clear on their message and it's a whole bunch of reasons why they're doing it. If they let their image get in the way of that, I think they may as well go and find another activity because this yeah. is just not the right thing for them. But, yeah, look, anybody obviously that's coming to us is prepared to, to, to take some leap and I think by having that nurturing and guiding and Sherpa-like approach to, to the performance, it's gonna, it helps them to, to just build that confidence and understand that, look, you know, are we, you know, at, at worst case, somebody sees your video, you know, it's one video, do you know what I mean? Until you start doing high abundance of content, um, you know, don't sweat it, man. Put it out into the universe and see what comes of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think that's great advice. And you know, I think it's also important to recognize that it's not about you. You know, we mentioned this before. You're creating that content to to achieve something, to do something, to communicate something to someone. 
And then, like you said, that audience doesn't care about necessarily how you're presenting as long as you're doing it in a way that's authentic, that is you, you know, that you are being yourself, not some fake version of yourself. And naturally people, people stumble over words. People don't nail a script word for word unless you're a brilliant orator. You know, I'm not. Absolutely. I've been podcasting for 160 something episodes and I'm constantly stumbling over what I'm saying. It doesn't stop me putting it out there. And I think businesses are probably starting to catch on now that, you know, historically we, we didn't do very well digitally with humanization. You know, websites and email and SMS marketing, probably in particular, are not human. And we know that people gravitate towards faces in the buying decision, that, you know, human interactions are still a way people prefer to do business. And yet we deny our customers. We deny the people that we work work with that privilege purely because we have maybe some barriers or we just don't have the ingenuity to be able to implement video so that it is sustainable for this reason. But now the, the landscape's changing. People are inquisitive about how to sell in a COVID world, how to use remote videos and uh, videos in email within the pre-sales phase of their business. And they're looking for adv- advantages. And we just love it. We just love mm-hmm. it because you know, it's it's kind of like that transition from creative cinema, the long form content into video marketing. Now it's this new thing and it's into how we communicate. I mean, video is everywhere, right? Like video is everything and everywhere. And, you know, and if, and it just, we're just at the start of this journey. Like we are at the start because I believe that Australia is still behind, you know, four or five years behind the States and what they've done and what a lot of the things that they've implemented. But I think, um, like all of these digital technologies that we, we inherited over the last 20 years, video is still going to be that next thing you're going to have to learn. You know, don't assume that because you buy some equipment that you're going to instantly figure out how to start video marketing. You know, we, we've realized that when people have come to us about the DIY program and the DIY studio and all that, and they've said, oh, but I've got a DSLR camera. And I was like, what does that mean? You, like you've, you've bought some gear, so what? Do you know what you're doing? Are you able to do it so it's sustainable, fast? You can you can execute it virtually without even thinking about what you're doing. You need to get a system and a process in place that enables that sustainability, that enables you to connect with your audience and be systematic about it. You know, um, otherwise it's just going to be a fad. Yeah, and critically, there it's not just about knowing what you're doing but why are you doing it, you know? Like I think as content creation becomes more easier, it becomes democratised and it's increasingly democratised, you know, people are, you know, getting equipment. They're equipping themselves with ability to produce content in-house. In-house production teams are, you know, commonplace, are becoming more commonplace within larger organisations. And that just means that there's more and more content being created. But if it's been created without knowing why, without having a strategic understanding of, of not only what to do, but why you're doing it and how to use it once you've got it, then it's potentially just back to what we said before, video for video's sake and just noise at the end of the day, right? And there's enough, there's enough noise out there. I think, I think there's a lot of wastage as well. We saw mm. wastage happening a lot in the professional 
top end of, of town, you know, years ago where people would spend 10 grand on a video and, you know, because the CEO's tie wasn't straight or the message wasn't right or there was just, just the ducks didn't line up in the video and therefore, you know, it's pulled based on, in some cases, ego, not, not, not necessarily, you know, for any other reason. But, you know, um, we see wastage. And by wastage, I mean if you're not repurposing and looking for ways to extend the life of your content and be repetitious about how you approach the market with it, I think you're wasting your time. I think you are missing opportunities. You know, we have content on social media that we really do our best to try and circulate it every quarter. You know, somebody tell us that they've watched this three times, stop playing that. You know, you guys, all you do is repeat your content. Somebody t- tell me I'm doing I'm doing the wrong thing here because- They're not going to. <laughs> exactly, no. right? So if it's still fresh to the people that have just never saw it on that particular day, then it's still relevant. It's still purposeful. And I have this saying in our workshop, you know, assume nobody watches it. Assume that. And always keep it at the forefront of all your communication. You know, by wastage, I mean, you know, there's been companies, I've known the in-house video guys for big organizations that have done how-to videos across a full YouTube channel, full on, man. These guys are, you know, going at it all the time. And, and I said, well, that sounds great, man. Like, those videos sound great. Like, what's the problem? He says, our sales team don't even know they exist. <laughs> yeah. And so when, when adopting this, the video can't just be at a marketing level. It can't just be for the, you know, the, the one little sales thing. It's got to be incorporated at an organizational level and everybody needs to be in on it. Do you know what I mean? And they need to know the, the, that the video is available for consumers, available for help videos, available there. They need to be thinking about how they embed it in emails and incorporate it in so that um, they're really leveraging the investment. Hmm. You know, it's all about ROI. And I think, you know, what you're getting at there is that companies need to consider their their video content as, as an asset, you know, a library of content as an asset for a business that can be used over the long term and not simply just a campaign. You know, like mm. a campaign is something that's got to start and an end date. Then let's mm. like shelve that one and let's think about the next thing we're going to make. That's not the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. And I met with a, um, a firm yesterday and they'd done a lot of videos videos with us and they really need to revamp and refresh their their brand. And when I sat with them and had some lunch, they were, they were just basically saying, you know, we're still not getting leads. We're still not getting what we need. And I was like, well, what sales are you doing? What marketing are you doing? Like, yes, you've got some video and you've got a repolished website, whatever, but what, what, are you, what else are you doing? They're like, nothing. And I was like, you can't do nothing. You must have marketing. And arguably, they are doing something. If they're picking up the phone, they're marketing, right? But what I'm saying is, you know, there needs to be some kind of plan in place, some kind of strategy in place to be thinking of new and fresh ways to engage and entice your audience. It's not just, well, I tried to phone him three times and, you know, and then it just went cold. I was like, did they say no? And I said, no, they didn't say no. And I was like, well, why don't you create a new goal? And your new goal is until you get to yes, Make yes your goal, right? 
until then, keep trying, brother. Try new things. You know, SMS, you know, I've learned recently, email marketing has a 20% open rate in its lifetime. Uh, we're over SMS at 60% in the first two minutes. Something like that. Don't quote me on it. But now we're looking at SMS as an opportunity to 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 rekindle old relationships and what have you because it's there. It's in people's pocket and they're more inclined to open it and, and to yeah. understand if it's they know it's going to be a very short message. And now whether they reply or not, they got it. You know, you could nearly guarantee they got that message. And I think so a lot of the time, you know, people think, oh, well, they didn't consume the entire video or they didn't consume that video or whatever. You know, it, it's trickles of touch points of digital assets, of video assets. It's not one video is going to do everything for everyone for all of time. You need to start looking at new ways to have bite-sized video communication to have that out to your market continually circulating and working for you while you sleep. 100% agree with everything that you said there. Um, awesome stuff. Hey, Chris, I just want to start wrapping up here, but before we let you go, I want to just cast your mind into the future, grab out your crystal ball and tell me, where do you think we're going in this space? You know, we've talked about a bit of what's changed recently and, and where we're going in the immediate kind of 12 months maybe, but where, where do you see this space going in the next three to five years? Look, more personalised video. Yeah. More personalised video. People would be smarter about how they how they message those videos, where they sit within their within their uh, the function of their business. We're seeing huge amounts of value producing unique one-off videos. Hi Ben, thanks so much for your inquiry. I'd love to work with more digital agencies. Thank you so much. I can't get to you. Uh, call right now, but I'd really like you to click on the link in this email, schedule a 15-minute video call, and let's catch up because I'm super pumped to to learn about your inquiry. Um, you know, leave it to you pretty much. That Just that video, you know, goes for 30 seconds, is personalised and is just for you, is already yielding more affirmative results. You know, people are like, oh, well, I booked quicker. Um, you know, we've had the, the, the video for uh, to guide people within the proposal, for instance, you know, where we've known that there's been, uh, you know, like most of our proposals, they all have to be sold internally up the chain to the decision maker at some point. And so to make that process easier, we don't let, let our contact just get stuck with a proposal without some kind of explanation. We put a couple of minute video together walking through the prop and making sure that the person that sees that has real clarity on what they're getting and why it's priced the way it is. And so that as well is hugely a huge advantage for our businesses and is, is working. It's working because you're being the Sherpa. You're guiding them to the outcome ultimately that you want for them. But, you know, the days of sticking your prop in an email and sending it off and then following up a couple of days later – with a phone call are probably going to be numbered because, you know, when you go back to the root cause here, it's attention deficit has killed people's motivation to investigate you. If it's just not there in front of you and it's not clear and it's not, you know, uh, easy for them, you know, you're a tab away from the next guy. You know, I say tab, like website tab, right? You, it's, it's just that 
that's the way that people are operating now is very... They just want to make it easy. They want to make it fast. They want the decision for them. They're looking for somebody to be able to facilitate that. So certainly more personalized videos and companies are going to get smarter about what videos are for where and why they exist. And I think once they start to realize that video is not about viewership, it's not about going viral, it's not about, you know, just being creative for the sake of it. It's it's about being purposeful and useful, particularly in areas of their business that they suffer the most pain from. You know, like all of our sales drop out here. Hey, isn't don't you think that's a great, you know, reason to invest in video to try and alleviate that objection? You know, that those are the, that's that's going to be exciting times, you know, I think for a lot of businesses and those that adopt it now early and fully get their hand around not all of the technical aspects of doing what I've just said. They'll they'll really get a, a huge advantage um, at the moment and, you know, particularly in a world where if you're not humanizing and putting a face to this proposition, um, I think you're going to be at a disadvantage. So, yeah, be more human. Always be more human. You know, show that you give a shit. Show that they're not just a number. Show a bit of love. Take a bit of care in what you're doing and reap the rewards. <laughs> so what you're saying is the future is the way life's always been. Humans... Connect with humans, right? We're and going, people yeah, connect going, with authenticity. Exactly. And we're going back to mm. where things were pre-websites. Do you know what yeah. I mean? To a more yeah. human engagement. And it's just going to have to be video. It's just going to have to be in this digital landscape now because we are restricted by how much uh, one-on-one, face-to-face social inter- interaction we can we can handle. So, yeah. Look for video innovations, man, because they are the future. Love it. Awesome place to wrap up this interview. Hey, Chris, thanks for sharing your wisdom and insight with the listeners today. But if people want to connect further and maybe reach out to you and or follow some of the content that you share as well, uh, where's the best place for people to head? Well, I don't want to be in competition, but maybe just go over, sneak over, have a listen to Video Legend. It's a little tiny, tiny, weeny podcast, nothing like yours, but... A little podcast that we've just started. We're at a, into our twenties episodes now. Yeah, Go do it. and have a bit of a listen. Do it. Um, do it. And please connect with me on LinkedIn. Look, I'm very, I'm all over it. You know, so lots of things going on, workshops and DIY programs and all a whole bunch of stuff that you can engage with. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Chris Schwager. Chris Schwager, I guess. Awesome. Uh, we'll have the links to everything, including Video Legends podcast, because you're listening to this. You are a podcast listener and you love video marketing as much as we do. So add that to your listening dial, as some people say. They'll be in the show notes for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 163, 163. Um, Chris, this has been fun. We'll um, have to get you back on the show sometime. Ben, I just want to say thank you. It's been a privilege to come on. It's great to finally connect with a fellow comrade in the video marketing space and hopefully what I've said is of some value to your audience. 100%. Thanks for coming on. All right, a massive thanks again to Chris for joining me on the show. You can find links to Chris and everything that he does at Ridge Films and his social media profiles and so on at the show notes page for this episode, engagevideomarketing.com slash 
episode 163, 163. So that's it for this episode. And if you've got value out of today's show, I'd seriously appreciate a rating and a review for this uh, podcast over on your favorite podcast player. And to make it easy for you to do that on the iTunes store, you can go to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes and follow the links there. I, I really appreciate you in advance for that. And don't forget, if you're interested in learning more about the online video strategy blueprint course to help video producers like you become confident video strategists, then head over to onlinevideostrategyblueprint.com, but do so before this current enrollment closes on Thursday, the 24th of September, 2020. If you end up there after that date, then there will be a wait list and you can be notified of the next enrollment period for the program as well. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. And thanks for joining me for this episode and sticking around to the end. This has been fun. I got a lot out of this uh, chat with Chris and I hope you did too. So until next time, I'm your host, Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and it's my role to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. I will talk to you real soon and back with you next week with another interview episode of the podcast. Take care.